Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed Indeed. In this week's episode, Jason Kokrak wins the Houston Open by 2. The Golf Association of Michigan gives out their awards. We'll tell you who took home the hardware for their season's worth of work. And we preview one of our favorite events all season long in Sea Island, the RSM Classic. But first, looks like we're going to have a different fall schedule on the PGA Tour this time next year, so let's take a closer look at that. Thanks for listening today on the TicketNorthernMichigan.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. We're also on radio Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on 104.7 FM, 1340 a.m., The Ticket in Petoskey and Charlevoix, 93.7 FM, The Ticket in Cadillac and Traverse City. Let's go. There's this new, I can tell you the article, I got it real quick, the, regarding a, a change in the PJ Tour schedule. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Essentially, it would be a, a no-cut, a no-cut fall, fall schedule with, with smaller fields more star player just well you want to you want to start there yeah uh, i mean just the article just came out uh rex hoggard just wrote the article on um i guess that would have been sunday released it sunday at 1 30 uh <clears throat> essentially the the concept being that uh trying trying to get the the biggest stars to to play in a fall series that would only be <clears throat> from from the from what i'm seeing roughly four to six Limited field, no cut events to be played all around the globe in the fall, um, with guaranteed payouts for all the top players. So it would obviously be a, a lot different, a lot different uh, payout schedule than what uh, we've ever been we've ever been accustomed to when it comes to golf. But uh, I definitely think it, w- it could be interesting. I don't. My only first thing I say when I when I heard this is I don't necessarily know. If how many more people are going to stop watching football to watch, even if it's the best players in the world, um, we did see it. I think the Masters is a special, a very very special example. But like last year when the Masters was in November, I remember thinking to myself, like, how is it going to stack up against football? And it did. It did awesome against football. People were talking about it online. I think that's obviously different. Masters is a whole different ball game than than four to six limited field events. Um, I, first off, I don't know who would watch it and I don't know where they put it on TV because if you want it, if you wanted to reach, essentially wanted to give these top players a, a, um, a spot to shine for four to six weeks, I don't know where you'd, you can't put them on the golf channel. Can you? Yeah, that's a great point. Can't put them I on, really, can't put them on CBS. There's golf or there's football on. Right. And NBC has the deal, their deal with Notre Dame. Yeah, so I guess that would be the only. It has to be NBC, but how, what's NBC going to do? They're going to tell you that they're going to put Notre Dame on Peacock. It was well, actually, it's funny. that they already were. Notre Dame has been on Peacock this year already. NBC, but not, it, NBC runs with reckless span. They don't. They don't care what they do. They have it. It goes okay. like week two or week three game. They run Peacock exclusively. Peacock only and Ex- not exclusively network. Peacock. Yes. So it was a garbage opponent then. It was, yeah, it was terrible. It was a bad, bad game. That's brutal, though. They shouldn't be. They, if I were this, that seems like an option. Notre like, Dame. Every Notre Dame game should be on. Can be on network TV. Are we past that in this society? Sure, seems like it, man. I don't know. Oh, I, you look at you look at it these days, and that ESPN, that ESPN deal that the hot, or NHL just signed is is majority streaming games. I mean, it's not necessarily that you you can watch. Okay, I will. Uh, let me. Yeah, let me say. Sorry to cut you off. Number one, <laughs> because I gotta get. I gotta get this out there. Elephant in the room. People are probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. This move. I have many questions. This is my first. This move is in response to the Greg Norman thing. And that is that what we are led to conclude? Um, I, I believe that's even. Yeah, the move the move appears to be a direct response to evolving external challenges. First, with the Premier Golf League concept that emerged publicly two years ago, and now with a Saudi-backed league that will be led by Greg Norman. So, I think I think obviously that is the that would be the the um, probably the biggest reason 
for for this article or for for the talks being had my next question would be are we sure that the formula for television ratings and sponsorship dollars in golf is limited field no cut events it's a simple question i like do we know for sure that wgc's are performing at a much higher level than say um hilton head I'd like to think so without having any stats to back that up. You'd like to, cause I cause what are really, what are just like novice golf fans looking for? I feel like they're just looking for, to watch the best players play more times than not. I don't think it could be, but that goes to your point. A novice or an, a casual golf fan is not going to leave football. No, no. Really at the end so of the day, that's what it goes are back you, to. So even if you swing the needle, if you, so to speak, are you swinging it enough, moving it enough? No, it, it it is it's tough for for me. I I consider myself a very big golf fan to 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 flip on the whether it be the Houston Open or one of these fall events where there with like very I want to say like kind of sketchy coverage. Like you don't really know where it's going to be, when it's going to be on, and then I mean, there's footballs are so much more mainstream, and I feel like. We always we've been talking now for the last year or so about how there's almost how much there's almost too much too much golf being played in a year where it's like it's like there is an event darn near every single weekend. Like, are we almost are we is, are we almost like what would be the word? I'm trying to think of the word. Oversaturated. Yes. Are we oversaturating it right now? By I know we 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 would be limiting the number of events with this model, but. Well, that leads me to one of my other questions. These four to six limited field events that whatever you're going to call this thing, they this must replace the events that we're currently playing in the fall schedule. And what happens to all those sponsors and venues? And are you earning FedEx Cup points playing in these four to six limited cut or limited field no cut events? That's a good question. I'm not uh I'm not sure if you would be earning points. I would hope not. It better not be earning points. And if they're gonna let if they're gonna keep the other events Okay, they, they are. Uh, let me let me read this. I think I might just I was like trying to read as you were because I think I might have it. According to the various sources, one scenario the tour is considering would, would create a sixty 61st through 125th category of players based on the previous season's FedEx Cups list for those who play the normal fall schedule. Those players would be able to move up and down within that bubble while numbers 1 through 60 would be locked in position until the start of the new year. So I think so I'm I so by reading it like that I almost think that it would it would be separate from the um <laughs> the already the already somewhat lacking fall fall schedule where there's only like four or five decent not like I mean, there's more than that but like big names in any given fall event i think that, that sure seems like that number might that number might dwindle yeah i think that that part's interesting so you're going to keep your fall schedule for your weaker players and then you're going to drop in these other ones so i have a suggestion if you're going to do this and you're going to get all gimmicky. <laughs> Make the events less than four days. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> how many How many days do you watch play 18 holes? Two. One to two days. One to two day tournaments. For and This is for the, the bigger... Uh, this is for the limited field events or the normal field? No, for the limited field, no cutters. For the, for the uh, heavyweights... Let's let if you're gonna go ahead and lean into the gimmicks, let's lean all the way in. Let's do 64 uh, and do nine hole round robins for a day. Have everybody play 27 holes and then seed everybody the next day, play up to 36 for nine hole matches. That's more fun to watch. Than just people play stroke play for four days. 
is match play more fun to watch with that many with that few of because I, I would I guess I'd worry about how many guys would be playing because you, you worry into like you run into like where there's just not enough going on how many how, when that scenario and like the last day how many players would still be on the course well you're squeezing it all into one day so at the very tail end of your covers the last nine holes there's four guys two guys playing in the finale and two guys playing in the consolation but if you're out west or you're in it that's on at eight seven eight eastern it's prime time. It's getting you know promoted live on Twitter. People saying, "Oh, look, it's going to be Brooks and Rory in the finals." You know, instead of just guys playing for four days while there's another tournament that essentially becomes an alternate field event. I'd rather, if you're going to lean into the gimmicks and you're going to do the super heavyweights or whatever, then change the damn format. Stop playing four rounds of stroke play day after day after day after day and you know the same thing over and over again these aren't real tournaments am i crazy i i don't know why they wouldn't be considered real tournaments it seems like they'd actually be, like they'd be better players they're locked in position one through six it has no bearing on it's not a major it's not it has no inherent quality beyond the field strength it's going to be, dude, these events are going to be invented out of thin air. It's going to be like the, you know, Mahindra tractor. I don't know. It's going to be the Omni Hotel Resort and Spa Piddlywink at the resort course in Qatar. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is, this is, this is the biggest money grab. Ball. You think it's a money grab is what you're saying? What, or what? <laughs> How would you describe it? It sure seems. I mean, it sure seems like it. I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really. I don't necessarily know if these guys want to play that much golf in the fall. In the fall, <laughs> I think they like. I think they actually uh, kind of like having the fall off. An, well, an off season is nice. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, they're only taking. I mean, they're I they're darn nearly taking four months off. Three months off. It's not like they're taking seven months off. I wonder if this goes all the way through, and as if they start scheduling this event. The book should give us odds on whether or not Patrick Cantlay is going to show up. Um, Part-time golfer. Yeah, but like, that's what I, that's what I do. Kind of like the allure of the like you're getting it paid. So yeah, so like it might be a little bit of a race for getting into the just another. I don't know how they would have to structure. It'd be cool to see like the the top sixty race for top sixty to. To essentially get like a guaranteed six weeks of money, I guess. Who knows? Try to be try to be optimistic. Okay, so there's another idea. If you're gonna do four to six and you want them all to play, do uh make it a six week tournament where there's individual trophies, but you're gaining points within those events leading to something at the end. As in like a season. Right. <laughs> Yes, take what you <laughs> yeah. do all year long on the PGA. Well, I'm, you're saying incentivize showing up. The thing that was the, the, the funniest outcome is they move forward with this. They announce all this. It's one through 60, blah, blah, blah. And then they go to announce the field and they're diving down into the 80s and the 90s because nobody wants to come. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that there are going to be, if you look at the top 60, I think you instantly – can remove like 10 of them and aren't going to play in all six events. And then, and then like you put an event at the resort course in Qatar, then yeah, they're probably going to go probably going to be less than that. I just don't see there's guys, there's like those guys that, that are well, then what becomes of the Fortnite and the prestige worldwide. Oh, the Fortnite was hanging on by a thread anyway. It might be, might just be, I mean, what what is what the Fortnite really losing? Like, no, 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 no. How many top sixty players were we playing in the Fortnite? How many were we losing? Like six players. But it's the first event. That's not the case. It's fun because it's Napa. It's it's Johnny Miller. There's a lot to like about safe now. No longer Safeway now Fortinet Championship. That's. The coronation of Corn Ferry graduates and your first opportunity to make them, you know, make a move, a real move on the PGA Tour. Cameron Champ won there. I mean, it's like guys who go on to have great careers win there. Brendan Steele has won there twice. 
So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority because I'm just such a golf nerd, but there are certainly parts of this that are somewhat exciting, and I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to watch, but I would love them to lean into the try to make it more than just six more events on the schedule for, for big timers, you know, don't just make it a, another WGC type situation. Let's really actually do something different. I mean, that certainly sounds like what they're doing. Nothing different. All, all the same, but well, I, th- I think, I think your Fortnite, I think your Fortnite will be okay. I think, I think it'll hang on. I don't think, I don't really think it changes that much about the Fortnite. Well, speaking of piddly widdly little uh, dinky doos on the PGA Tour, shall we transition into the uh, Houston Open? Actually, no, we want to get to the Houston Open. Obviously, I want to talk about RSM coming up, but let's before we do that, can we go first to uh, the you have annual awards for the for the GAM? Oh yeah, yes I do. Uh, so the for our local look here. Yeah, so the GAM over the last probably about two or three weeks now has been handing out um, the awards for the the top point skitters for for men, ladies, and uh, senior ladies. So far, I assume I assume over the next coming weeks we will we will see a a senior uh, senior senior male as well as hopefully some juniors as well. Uh, the male was uh, James Piat. Obviously, the um, 2021 um, U.S. Amateur Champion. Um, so, congratulations to to James. He is he had a I would say a decent fall season. Hopefully, uh, fifth, fifth year down at Michigan State. Hopefully, uh, he finishes out strong in his springtime. Peter, I've talked that it seems like Michigan State boys team is not not far off, and it's always different guys that are at the top of the uh, top of the leaderboard. So, it's cool to see there. The, yeah, they have. I'm excited for the uh, obviously a ways to go, but I'm excited for the spring. I guess do you call it the spring portion of the college schedule to see if they can maybe do a little something. Not to mention the Michigan girls. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and then the uh, the 2021 women's uh, points list leader was uh, Kimberly Din um, from Midland. If you remember, she just qualified for the. Uh, Sweet 16 for the U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur and then was the uh, Michigan Women's Amateur Champion. And then finally, uh, in the Women's Senior uh, Points List, uh, Terry DeCamp took home honors. Uh, Terry won the uh, Michigan Senior Women's Amateur Champion uh, as well as the GAM Senior Tournament Tournament of Champions as well. Mm-hmm. So best uh, congratulations to uh, to Terry, to James, and to Kimberly. What is just out of curiosity and not to put you on the spot, what is the first event of the game schedule in 2022? Is it in June or before that? Uh, I would, I would think it's before that I can tell you here and maybe I can't. Uh, so I guess it would actually be, so in 2021, the, the kickoff, there was a junior kickoff on April 24th and 25th down in Ypsilanti. Uh, that was of this year, and then they start they start Michigan Amateur qualifying uh, as soon as the first week in May. It looks like home of Eagle Crest. Home of Eagle Crest, yes, indeed. All right, on to the Houston Open recap, shall we? Yeah, we shall. I know you have some. I'm excited to sh- tell you guys about the, probably the worst six of six DraftKings lineup that has ever existed, which happened to be put together by yours truly. If you listened to the show last week, you saw that I had a weird situation in which almost all the players I backed backed, made the cut and then found their way to the absolute very bottom of the leaderboard. Really quite quite an interesting sort of thing to uh, observe. But Jason Kokrak, victorious, dude's on like a year-long heater of sorts and i know hunter has some numbers and some observations to dive into greater detail on just the uh context surrounding this jason kokrak victory the third now of his career yeah so he uh pretty, pretty amazing what what he has you mentioned it um in his last 28 starts now he has had three wins 
um, in his previous 232 starts prior to, to that, he had zero wins. So I feel like there was a long time where he like could not, couldn't even like he wouldn't dare get over the hump, and now he's like darn near bona fide winner. Like these aren't these aren't um, I wouldn't exactly say this is like the best field, but the CJ Cup's always a decent field. Um, the Charles Schwab, and then and now this. So you mentioned it when Max Homa won, maybe a little bit different fields, um, maybe not quite the same situation, but that third win is is so crucial. I mean, it's like he just kind of proved it's not a fluke, and I mean, who knows? It's it's pretty amazing. And then I have I have one more, um, just in regards to you mentioned it, guys, guys falling back um, over the weekend. He now I'm not gonna be able to find it. I swore I took a picture of it. I find it interesting too to know that first of all, I think it's hilarious that he at one point called himself a slow learner. <laughs> I wanna I wanna get a t-shirt or something that just says slow learner on it. Um, but he's definitely a late bloomer. And we don't we sometimes overlook the fact that the golf, the prime of a golf golfing career, and maybe we talked about this a little bit with uh, Hideki, a guy who's a little younger than maybe you would guess just because he was on tour so early, but often the golf prime is a little later, certainly later than uh, other sports because you need wisdom and experience as much as you need athletic ability. So I think that's interesting to be reminded of. I also think it's interesting to look forward on Jason Kokrak because he's a guy who projects so well for major championship type of venues, despite being an afterthought in those kinds of events. Those are when you're going to get him at really, I know people got juicy numbers this week because he's been in poor form, but you get juicy numbers on majors this year. He hits it long and very straight off the tee, which we talked about would be a uh, certainly an advantage at the Houston open and turned out to be. Um, he's very good with his longer irons. Another thing that we spotlighted about the Houston Open, and the what's really clicked for him over these past 28 events, as Hunter mentioned, is he's putting lights out. And we've always, particularly U.S. Open venues, think Bryson, Matthew Wolf, think a driver and a putter takes you a Tiger Woods. A driver and a putter can take you a long ways in the U.S. Open. So. I think he'll be an interesting guy to, you know, interesting to see if he's on the radar for some of those bigger events coming up in 2022. Yeah, it's kind of weird to see him. He's, he's made the last, he's, he has been in the last eight straight majors, has had really no, no success to speak of. He's played in 18 of them so far. So it's kind of funny to see, I mean, it's not, not funny, but it's and somewhat normal to see these guys that, that can, I mean, it's just obviously a whole different ball game. But I think it was only two or three years ago that he played in his first Masters. I believe that. Yeah. So I mean, he's like that's he was a middling. Well, I mean, he, he, player he's played, before this, I mean, we were familiar with him, and with, but he was not. He wasn't pop. It wasn't just that he was winning; he wasn't popping for a bunch of top fives and medals either. I still remember. I, I really had didn't know a ton about him previously to um what events did we go watch that that i saw sarah you and sarah when we were down in chicago the bmw championship at medina yeah he hit that he hit that four iron whenever else was hitting three woods on hole number two three and he hit it like to the exact same spot and i was like blown away that was the only shot all day that was hit that i was like whoa i bet it sounded a little different too it sounded a lot different a lot he hits it good that's Uh, what i mean about the like why would he hits a high draw with his draw like why would he not play well at augusta now that he's putting well maybe he's not as good he's good those greens at the houston open weren't slow no goodness i mean i just think it's interesting i think it's just interesting so uh one final stat on uh kokrak he started his first 29 holes he was eight under par and then um if you guys, I don't know if you guys watched, but there was some there was some weather that that caused some some delays and then uh, darkness. So he ended up um, finishing what would that be his last seven holes, I guess, of the second round in the morning of 
Saturday morning in the freezing cold, shot seven over par on those seven holes, only made the cut by two shots. And then his final 36 holes, he shot nine under par. Which is, but which for is, the seven holes in the cold Saturday morning, he absolutely whipped up on that field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. It's pretty uh As it was in one Boy, Martin Trainer. How about Martin Trainer? Not to t- not to take away from Jason Kograk. Martin Trainer won Puerto Rico three years ago. Three years ago. Since then, I think he's made. They touched on it during the broadcast, but however many cuts he's made, I can count on. I, I don't think you'd need two hands. He has missed sixteen of the last seventeen cuts, and he held up. He yeah. held up all the way to this back nine on Sunday. <laughs> Almost gained and he, nine I think shots, he bogeyed buddy. three of his last six. You know, he was going to have to go two under from that point, I think, where he was to tie Kokrak. But, you know, we talk about it all the week, like all the, every week about how deep the tour is, how on any given week, any given Sunday, you never know who's going to come through. I say all that, and I mean all that, and still I don't think I mean it about Martin Trainer. I mean, there are a few guys at the bottom that I dismiss, and it just goes to show you never know who's going to pop any given week. He said, Martin Trainer certainly wasn't popping up in anybody's models given his form, is both short and long-term form, but I also got to hand it to the guy as a much-needed uh, uh, money-making finish there. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it's 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 tried and true that if you make putts on the PGA Tour, you're going to be successful. He almost gained nine shots in the field putting this week. Made made four putts from 25 feet or longer. <laughs> he that uh, helps. It doesn't hurt. Well, there you have it. it. Doesn't hurt. That'll do it. All right. So I told you about. It. I teased the six out of six. Um, almost don't have to do winners and losers because I lost everything. I obviously didn't hit the outright. Adam Scott just stunk it up, so I didn't hit the top 20 there. Mullinax missed the cut on the number. I mean, I was really light. I did hit a Fratelli top 40, which I got on at the last minute. Uh, and Texas guy, ball striker, good with long irons. It's a pretty long off the tee. Kind of ignored him and then realized that might be a good add to the card. Only – um winning ticket of the week. So I was glad to be light. I am looking forward to the RSM. I don't feel like I was that far off, even though uh, my bets didn't hit. I did have some good, some fairly decent DraftKings lineups and I had some good plays in DraftKings and, and we profiled the golf course, you know, pretty much exactly correct in terms of the driver being an advantage, long irons mattering, scrambling not being quite as important as people were making it out to be. So I think, you know, for the most part, that stuff came through. This is the six of six that I put in the $5, which is one of the bigger contests. It's like the last, one of the last of the cashing lineups. Okay, this is 5,000th place out of a freaking gazillion. I don't know. Listen to this. Listen to these finishing positions and just how did this lineup even make? Cam Smith tied for 15th, Adam Scott 54th, Lanto Griffin, who shot a tidy 78 74 over the weekend after being in contention to win the golf tournament after two days, dies 64th. That's almost DFL. Mito Pereira actually kind of saved me, shot one under on Sunday, tied for 29th. Nice Jason job, Mito. Jason Day. Tie for 54th, and Keith Mitchell tie for 41st. I told you, Jason Day, he stinks. <laughs> Which I felt was the perfect microcosm of my week. It was like, all right, you know, I got some of these finishing positions that are alive. Adam Scott's probably not going to win the golf tournament. Picked up a live Sung Jay, feeling good. Saturday comes, everybody into the high 70s. And how about that golf course? We talked about how everything could change, and you never – you know, like he couldn't put too much stock into one year's worth of data. I think we can say pretty fairly now that they're not going to ever shoot 20 under there. No, good. No, goodness. No. 
it was actually it was pretty cool to see these guys like typically on the weekends they they could figure out the golf course but almost like I'd, I'd, I'd like to think the scoring average went up on the weekend the scores were so high it's like is this is this the u.s open or the houston open very true and there's always a bit of pride in that too when it's a public golf course and you're like haha you're playing a public course and you guys can't shoot better than 10 on earth you know like i see how the rest of us have it yeah no it's it's very true well i mean i i didn't have uh i had a winner this week i had aaron riot uh top 20 for plus 450 out of uh yeah you are just on fire dude. i am i'm on absolute fire right now don't don't let me get hot i'm already hot i mean this is the hottest I've, this is the hottest i've been on the golf big gambling circuit in close to a year i would think and, since I've only you retired. Won, and i've only won like three bets since you came out of retirement yeah no. do, you wanna, do you have any more things that you'd like to brag about from over the weekend no no i actually um no, I did, actually I lost. Um, I lost quite a bit of football. I, I won. I won a bet. I won a Michigan bet. I took. I took Michigan minus two and a half against Penn State. I thought that was easy, easy money. And then I waited. Not so easy in the end. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't really like. I, I, I watched. I think I watched two, two and a half quarters of it. Then I kind of turned it off and. And it does sound like it got a little bit closer than, than what I would have liked. And then I saved it until... Between that game, real quick, between that game and the Lions-Steelers game, the state of Michigan set the sport of football back almost 100 years this weekend. Sure felt like it. And then well, and then you were probably lucky. Well, for, you don't even, I don't know if you have... You don't even have television. But the... Oh, I guess you, you, have, you, have the, you have a satellite, don't you? But if you, if you mean rabbit ears by satellite. That's what I mean. It's called yes. an antenna. Sorry, an antenna. Um, but the the two games were the one o'clock game was the Lions game, which was just, was just just I feel like I was gonna poke my eyeballs out by the end of it. And then the four thirty game was that Packers Seahawks game that like everyone was oh. allergic to the end zone. It, I oh. I go God, that was a long seven hours of football, eight hours of football. But anyways, I um I do have some sad news that I have um I have cashed out my Rams future. Did this morning, Team you were getting offers to cash that out. Oh, uh, you, yeah, oh, yeah, instantly. I, I was, I cashed it out for I, I had a $50 bet, I cashed it out for $45. I'll take that $5. You can, you can have it. Remember when you picked that bet up three weeks ago, and I said, What did I say? I have no idea. Well, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. I said, Are you crazy? You probably paid like nine to one for that. Then you said, Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I paid seven and a half. It's going to be nine nine to one here soon, and I might get back on it. If it gets ten to one, I'm back on. You, you are slowly coming around to the concept of buy low, sell high. We'll get you there. Yep. Yep. Now would be a very good time to invest in the Rams. Well, no, because it really has I'm bullish on the Rams. Long. I texted. This is a text I sent to my friend last night. Wait for it. I'm bullish on the Rams for the rest of the season, even without Woods, but I could see San Francisco stealing this game. Well, that was an inaccurate description of how the game went because they didn't steal anything. They just took it. I guess that's kind of stealing. You steal it. You want to get into the semantics now? I do because I feel like when you steal a game, it's like a close game that you like. You, you, you get out there, like you steal it at the last – they did not steal that. They just. What are you, my, what are you, my wife? <laughs> you need me to be wrong about everything I say. No, no, God, no. No, I don't. That's not what I want. That's not. All right. Anything else from the slow learner open? Um, no, no. I think uh, Matt Wolf four straight top twenty finishes is worth mentioning. Uh, don't think he's not playing this week at RSM, but uh, I am happy for Matt Wolf that he seems to have somewhat have <clears throat> figured out whatever whatever was going on last year. Another yeah. U.S. Open type of game. Sure does. Yeah, his ball striking is RSM off. He doesn't need to go play a par 77,000-yard seaside course where you can't hit a lot of drivers, and it's there's trouble everywhere. No. And he's been he's been getting these high finishes despite not being like mm, to- all the way back with the driver. There's some wild ones. There's been some on TV, too, where it's like 
that looks like me on the first tee at Bayview when I haven't played golf in two months and I hit it over into nine fairway. It'll be, it'll be, uh, I guess we, we can get, we can get into it with the RSM, but, uh, I always like when they do these, it, it just adds another, another layer to it when they have these alternating golf courses, two separate golf courses for the first is I'm assuming it's for the first, just two rounds. Yeah. So it's seaside. and Okay. See, this is sea Island resort place is awesome. If you've never been there, you love golf. I highly recommend it. The accommodations, the lodging, it's a cool place. It's a, it's a, um, cool, really interesting area of the country. Marshy kind of looks, you know, a lot like Hilton head, obviously it's not too far from there. So this, um, course somewhat, you know, resembles, uh harbor town and in some respects though harbor town kind of feels like it gets off the water a little more than maybe the seaside course does but seaside and plantation one of each of the first two rounds kind of like they play the north and the south at tory farmers insurance traditionally the plantation has been much easier than the seaside course it's a par 72. So it has the extra two par fives, which obviously would make it easier. However, last year in an anomaly, uh, plantation played the hardest of any course in the, uh, first two rounds kind of out of nowhere. Not really sure how to explain that, or if anybody has an explanation on that, I'm ignoring it. Um, if you want to play DraftKings showdowns, I would play the plantation and I would play longer, better drivers, probably who can take advantage of those four par fives over there on the plantation, but you can stack the plantation course in one day DraftKings showdowns and hope that that plays easy. You can even go further than that and stack the morning wave when you're presumably going to get less wind. Seaside is where they'll play the last two rounds. It's a par 70. It's 7,000 yards, so it's very short. It's a Tom Fazio design. It's windy. Landing areas. This is like target golf in a seaside type of uh, atmosphere. A lot of hazards. We're on Bermuda grass. Winning score between minus 17 and minus 22 um, over the past, I don't know, decade or so. We've been playing here for a while, so there's tons of history. It was, um, the other thing that's interesting to note about this tournament is that there's like always a playoff, and there just tends to be a lot of ties. The last three in a row, we've had a playoff. Strangely, the year before that, Austin Cook beat J.J. Spawn by four strokes. Um, and then the year before that was a playoff. And then in 2015, Kisner won by six. It's really, really inexplicable i don't know what to make of that necessarily but we could if you see a runaway by four or six here you can't really be surprised because there's some precedent for that and if we see a playoff even if it's the fourth in a row uh, we can't be terribly surprised past winners streb won last year his second win uh at this venue at minus 19 and a playoff over kisner who is the all-time Earnings leader at this event and resides in the St. Simons Island area. Tyler Duncan won in 2019 over Webb Simpson. Charles Howell over Patrick Rogers the year before. I mentioned Austin Cook beating JJ Spawn by four. Mackenzie Hughes won here in 2016 in a playoff, big playoff that included Henrik Norlander, Blaine Barber, Billy Horschel, not playing this week, and Camilla Vijegas, Kisner. Uh, one in 2015 at minus 22. That was the blowout. He beat Kevin Chapel by six. Streb one in 14. Chris Kirk one in 2013. I expect him to be get a fair amount of interest. He's been in relatively good form and came out of the gates hot. I think it was last week or the week before. That's 2013 though, so we're going back, you know, pretty far. So I'll I'll, I'll sort of cut it off there. Correlating stats, things to look for. Obviously, and the, the players I just described fit a profile. They're shorter hitters who are good with their irons and good potters who can make a lot of birdies. So Charles Howell has a great history here. Kisner, I mentioned, um, all-time earnings leader at this particular event. 
a lot of the Sea Island guys have had success at one time or another. Russell Henley had three straight. I think it was either top 20s or top 10s. He lives up in Charleston, but not too far from this area. Went to the University of Georgia. Harris English has played well here. Keith Mitchell has had decent finishes here. Brian Harmon. There's a lot of guys um, who live in this in this area and are very familiar with this golf course. This golf course is going to create a range of scores. If you're not hitting it straight, um, you're not hitting fairways and greens, you can, you know, it, it can get away from you. Um, conversely, if you're playing well and your ball striking is on, you can make a ton of birdies. So, you know, like I said, you can get to minus 22 or so here. So that's a look at the course and the event, and the history. Anything stand out to you about the RSM before we get into the odds board? Uh, no, nothing. No, nothing really. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. I think the only thing that um, I mentioned playing two courses, you did mention that the that the, the parts every two course did did um, play a lot harder last year than what it typically has. But um, something to keep in mind, it looks like it's going to be pretty calm on Thursday and then the wind's going to pick up on Friday. So I think that... Uh, in my mind, favors the the guys that are playing the seaside course on Thursday, and then the um, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, the plantation course on Friday. Yeah, I would agree. Ready for the board? Yeah. All right. The RSM Classic 2021 odds board is led by Scotty Scheffler at ten to one, followed by Webb Simpson. These are DraftKings. Casino Queen Sportsbook Odds in the state of Illinois. Webb Simpson, I don't think I mentioned that he's also um, has great history here and uh, lives not too far from here. Cam Smith, uh, who we mentioned earlier, tied for 15th last week, 14 to 1. Louis Ustays in back in action this week at 16 to 1. Those are all the players under 20. Then we get into Connors at 22, English 25. Henley 25, and then we jump to 35, where we find Neiman, Norin, Kisner, Gooch, and Adam Scott. Uh, at 45, Chris Kirk, who we mentioned is a past champion here, and I do think we'll get some interest. If he was not a past champion, I don't believe he would be 45 to 1. Mackenzie Hughes, similar situation, 50 to 1. Uh, Justin Rose. And Joel Dahman, also 50 to 1 at 60 to 1. Brendan Todd. You know, Brendan Todd at 60 to 1 is kind of interesting. Not to get not to get too wayward here, but he's joined by Mito Bradley, Charles Howell, who is a former winner here. Seamus Power are all at 60. Danny Lee, Max Homa. Max Homa is mispriced at 65 with Jonathan Vegas, Matt Kuchar. At 70, the only two-time winner of this event, Robert Streb. And then at 80, and I'll shut up, Jason Day, Patrick Rogers, Matt Wallace, Grayson Sig, another local, Brian Harmon, local. That's a huge number for Brian Harmon. Troy Merritt, Taylor Moore, Brendan Grace, and Kevin Streelman. And just because I see him and he's Hunter's guy, I will mention that Aaron Rye uh, is 90 to 1. So are Adam Long and Luke List, who had good weeks last week, and Scott Piercy, who has some good history here. That's a look at uh, they got all the guys who are under 100 to 1. Anything stand out to you there? Uh, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't mention just with, with how much success. Kisner has had. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get him. I don't think I'm, I don't know what you just listed him off at, but I have him at 33 to one. Um, yeah, I said 35. I think that that's a little high, given his. Uh, he's better on this course than anybody else. Yeah, no, and, and I um, if I'm not going to do the if I'm not going to do the finish or the outright, I do like. There's a top 20. His top 20 numbers plus 200 right now. Um, I really like that. I I will be clicking on that. Um, another one that really stands out to me is, um, Hendrick Norlander. Uh, he has in 2016, he made it to the playoff, lost no playoff in 2019. He was tied fifth. He's also five for five, making the cut this fall 
with a T fourth at the Sanderson Farms and a T eighteenth at the Zozo. His plus or his top twenty number is plus three fifty. Um, I, I will also be clicking on that. One one final guy. I'm gonna try to stay stay light as much as possible before the before the holiday season. Um, I really I can't find his number. So Alex Noren is the guy that I'm thinking of. Uh, he had a top ten here in 2019. Uh, T18th last year. Uh, seven consecutive cuts made worldwide, four of those being top 20s. Obviously, his form is, is awesome right now. Uh, instantly, him being a European player, I just I think that he's got to be good playing in the wind, um, which, and his number is, if I could just... I see him at plus 180 to top 20. And I'll be clicking on that as well. So those are my those are my three top 20 finishing positions. Uh, Hendrik Norlin, Norlander, plus 350. Kisner plus 200 top 20 and then um, Alex Norton at top 20 for plus 180. All right. And before I get to my picks, let me take you through some of the key stack categories here that we pulled from fantasy national for this week. Let's see if any of the model guys pop here. I'll get to the custom model at the very end. Okay. So don't you worry. I'll be waiting by with, waiting by with bated breath. We will get there. Last 12 round strokes gain total. So who's hot just recent form wise strokes gain total. Here's the list. Scheffler leads the odds board. Sabatini, Rogers, who has a second place here. Denny McCarthy, who's been getting mentioned a lot on this podcast. and I will probably back at hundred to one this week. Alex Smalley continues to make the most of his opportunities. Fifth on this list. Joel Dahman who I find very interesting this week, one at what I think is a somewhat similar course last year, put to Kana and played well last week and is in good form. Obviously, if he's on this list, Hayden Buckley, Adam Long, Brandon Steele, Vincent Whaley, Mackenzie Hughes, Webb Simpson, Seamus Power, J.J. Spawn playing well and, and has some history here, Danny Lee, Lanto Griffin, despite some really poor rounds on Saturday and Sunday, uh, checks in 16th on this list, 17th, Tyler Duncan, uh, former uh, winner here, uh, 18th on this list, Landry Hadwin, who's an, another guy that I find really interesting in, in the outright market this week. He's hovering around 90 to 100. Davis Riley, uh, the KFT graduate, Russell Henley, uh, of course, up here. Um, Taylor Gooch, Matt Kucher, Cameron Smith. Again, those are the top 25 guys in the last 12 rounds gaining strokes total. Um, so no, no Norlander, Norin, or Kisner on that list. That's correct. Well, that model, that model is wrong. Um, you had that's not a model, it's just the strokes gaining total. Incorrect. 12 rounds fairways gained you had here and you don't take quite as long a club um but this is just who hits fairways bryce garnett robert streb two-time winner here andrew landry brian stewart of course tyler duncan you see why i care about fairways gain that's two former winners in the top five and bryce garnett who has played well here in the past seaside specialist bryce garnett russell knox is sixth glover who I think is interesting in DraftKings this week at $7,000. Revy, again, here's Hayden Buckley. Adam Hadwin, find that really interesting. Kyle Stanley, Jim Herman, Matt Kuchar, Matthias Schwab. Your guy, Aaron Rye, who I'm uh, interested to learn you're not backing this week. My guy, Joel Dahman, 16th. Connor, 17th. Todd, 18th. Smotherman, 18th. Michael Thompson, 20th, presumably would be a, a good fit here. Graham McDowell, again, another guy that likes to play uh, in the wind, 21st. Here's Mackenzie Hughes again at 22nd. Ramey, 23rd. Gooey, 24th. John Ha, 25th. That is just fairways gained. Okay. Anything interesting you find there, Hunter? Uh, sure seems Other like. Than I have yet to mention a single player in your pool. Yeah, you you haven't, which is which is frustrating. Seems like you almost did this on purpose. Like the the second the second I named off my players, you go wait wait wait. I can get I can get to the model to contradict this. 
Boy, Hayden Buckley's, I think, is going to be in some DraftKings lineups this week. Because here we go again with what I think are key stats. Last 12 rounds, recent form in the categories that we think matter. This is green and regs gained. Alex Smalley, Denny McCarthy, Hayden Buckley, Adam Hadwin again, Luke List again, Joel Dahman again, Patrick Rogers, Brendan Steele, Tyler Duncan, Scott, there's Scotty Scheffler, Russell Henry, Matt Wallace, Adam Long, Seth Reeves, interesting, a Georgia Tech guy, mostly known for his driver. I don't know if I can get to that. Russell Knox, Nick Hardy, uh, Illinois guy, Matthew Neesmith, Grayson Sig, 17th in good drives gained, 18th in green and regs gained. Very interesting. And a ton of experience on this golf course. I actually happen to know that Grayson Sig has shot 20, uh, excuse me, 58 at the Seaside course. That's pretty good. $6,600 in DraftKings this week. He will definitely be in DraftKings lineups for me, and he'll be a top 40 play for me as well this week. Seamus Power, Jim Herman, Gooey, Vegas, Stanley, Hudson Swafford, um, and Taylor Gooch. Gooch hanging on, hanging on, 35 to 1. Still hanging in there in these in these key stats despite the tough weekend. Okay, Hunter, I know you've been waiting for it. Much anticipation surrounding this. Are you ready for the custom model? Yes, give it to me. Which to me, what matters this week, or what am I looking at? This scant little model here. I only care about short Bermuda par seventies in high winds. Okay, for our custom model. Are you having me. fun yet? Give it to me. Give me. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how amused are you right now? I love the models. I'm a big model guy. Okay. Because this is so fun and it because it breaks your brain. And this is the same thing that happens literally every week. Okay, do you want to guess who's number one in my model? Again, short Bermuda par 70s in high winds. Last 50 rounds, strokes gain total. Um, in this field, sorry. In this field. Webb Simpson or Sung Moon Bay? Is he playing? <laughs> Russell Henley. Ah. Did I not just tee that up for you? No, I didn't feel The like model that. superstar, but I will give you this Webb Simpson's number two. Okay, that makes me feel a little better. So you can call me crazy. But if you look at the course history here and you look at this list of players, tell me this cut. I shouldn't be using a custom model. Russell Henley, Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner are the top three. Next is Matt Kuchar, Chris Kirk, Brant Snedeker, Justin Rose, Matt Jones, which I find interesting, $6,900 in DraftKings. I think he deserves a good long look. Um, Graham McDowell, Charles Howell. Again, this is kind of going to be potentially weighted to guys who have been on the tour longer. You don't see a lot of corn fairy guys popping here, but I think you can learn a lot from the kind of players that pop on this model, even if you're not going to back these specific guys because you think they're not in good form or, you know, like I'm probably not going to play Snedeker. I don't know if I can get to McDowell. But like I'll play Matt Jones. Um, I'll uh, I'll certainly be playing the guys at the very top of this list: Henley, Simpson, and, and Kisner. Um, moving on, Adam Scott again, Bill Haas, Harris English, Luke Donald, Brennan Steele, John Hunt, Jimmy Walker, Lanto Griffin, Denny McCarthy. Eighteenth in the custom model: Brian Gay, twentieth. Uh, Matthew Neesmith, Zach Johnson, Scott Piercy, Cameron Davis, which I found interesting. I'm not sure what quite to make of that. Um, $6,800 in DraftKings would be awesome if he could play well here because he scores a lot of DraftKings points. But driver is usually his main weapon, which he's not going to be able to use here. Haggy, Stroud, Smalley, Stewart, Sam Ryder, Lucas Glover. That's the top 30 in the custom model. So, Hunter, what do you think of that? It sure seems like the custom model pretty much just is like a mirror image of typically the odds board. 
Maybe Say not, that again? It's not, not necessarily like an exact mirror image, but it seems like there is a direct correlation between the odds board and your models. Yeah, it should be working for the casinos. It makes you think that maybe like the casinos are using these models. <laughs> I would have to think that they are. I would have to think so as well. <laughs> well I, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the models. I didn't hear any of those. I didn't hear my three guys. Um, I don't think I even heard like a besides kids didn't really hear peep about uh, Norlander or Norn. So no, but they haven't been playing that well. Norn Norlander, excuse me, is interesting. I would have expected him to be popping there. I'm not sure why he's not, but it does. It doesn't matter to me because you can. The custom, if the custom model tells you one thing about a player and then their course history tells you another, you can go ahead and trust the course history. Yeah. Like how they play here is still the single most important factor in determining and trying to determine how a player is going to play. It's how does he play on this golf course? How do you play the last few weeks? That's always the primary evaluation. These should be sort of supplemental type of things to help you break ties create you know expose value on the board where maybe you don't see it that's kind of thing but you don't just play the custom model i'm not playing matt kuchar but i mentioned a couple guys that i think i should get into hadwin this is a feels like a hadwin course obviously he's popping and gaining fairways and gaining greens he's good enough to be in the custom model in the high winds and on the short courses he is so far off the radar at this number, a hundred, what was 90 yesterday uh, for this player who's at least shown enough life lately that like, he's not fully dead. I'm looking at a couple pl- hundred plus guys this week, and He's definitely one of them. The other one is Denny. Denny keeps popping. I still don't know for sure that he can win here, but he plays well in the fall. He's playing well right now. Has a top 10 here. He's showing uh, himself in the fairway. He doesn't gain off the tee, but he gains fairways. And when he hits greens, he makes birdies. And that appears to be happening now. So at 101 with an each way, sure. And I'll get some insurance on that with a top 40. So Hadwin um, and Danny McCarthy certainly are considerations for me. And then I'm definitely back in Grayson's sake to top 40. I know he missed the cut last week. I know he has not played well so far this season, certainly not up to his standards. I love it. He's coming home, plays on a course he's familiar with. All of a sudden now he gets a chance to show the kind of quality that he has. So um, I like him to top 40. If I can get a top 30 number, I might check that out. But we're talking about a guy who's – Plus 130 to top 40 right now. Denny McCarthy, plus 170 to top 40. I think Denny's mispriced. Hadwin, plus 150 to top 40. So I see Grayson's come crashing all the way down to 80. He's probably getting bad in the outright market too. You know, there's not as much value there on him as there are for the other two guys. But And then I'll probably get out of top 20 for Denny too at uh, plus 450. Seems like an interesting betting strategy. Let me tell you why. I like the top of the board. In the outright. You think he's be one of those top top three or four guys? I like Scheffler a lot. Um, I don't like the, like necessarily the, his fit for this course. But the fact that he tied fifth here, that he's, he has one try. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he try, he's played here one time and he got fifth. So he can obviously play this golf course well, even though he won't be hitting a ton of drivers. So, I mean, I like Scheffler. It's what fifth and fourth or third and fourth or something in his last couple of starts he's knocking on the door it's just maybe the event that he ends up winning just because he's on a heater and he gets this field well best of luck to your uh, to your players I, I can't wait till that uh, kids prove your prove your model wrong well best best of luck at the RS7 I enjoyed the time today of course thank you Talk to you Alexander Alexson? No, Alexandra. Alex. I'm thinking of like Alex. Alex. Alexander. Alex. 
two different people, Alexander Noren, Alex Noren, and then Kevin Kisner. Are you having a seizure? Am I like, am I saying these names wrong? <laughs> the first time, I can't wait to go back and listen to it, but the first time you said something a little funny. I definitely I mean, it, Alexander Xander. No, it's Alexander and then Alex. So it's like, it's definitely like a little bit of a, but it's Alexander Norin and then Alex Norin. And then that's, that's one person you realize, right? Who am I? <laughs> no, no. What are you talking about? I'm Henrik Norlander. Who did I? Alex Norin. That was hilarious, dude. You just had, you just had like an all time senior moment right there. I know I'm still having it though because I'm like I'm like you looking kept at saying it, there's looking, Alexander Norin and then there's Alex Norin. I know because I'm looking at uh <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, I was looking at okay yes. Mm, oh, you're too funny, dude. Oh, that's okay. I get it. I got it. All right, let me cut that part. Would you like to say it right? No. I don't mean to laugh. It's just like I felt like I was talking to my dad there for a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? I will have to work on it. Won't be right now. <laughs> Maybe later down the to later today potentially.